guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my boy over there. Pivot host Ryan Clark. Look, I used to call him the Super Bowl champion, Ryan Clark. But look, DC and RC host, Pivot host Ryan Clark, Mr. International, Mr. Everything RC. How you doing, my friend? Man, I'm doing good, man. I miss you over the week, brother. I'm glad to see you. I'm ready to get this thing going because we got a jam-packed day for him. Absolutely, bro. Coming up on this show, we're going to talk to the champ, Alexander Volkanovsky. We look at the monster. That is UFC 273. Mm. But before we do any of that, there is a fight on that big card that is really on the tip of everybody's tongue. And that's Hamza Chimaev taking on the number two yeah. ranked welterweight in the world, Gilbert Dorino Burns. Now, Ryan, when you look at the matchup, it seems like the matchup favors Hamza Chimaev. But inside the details, you got a guy that has fought for the belt, has been in the UFC for a long time, a grappling wizard yeah. in Gilbert Burns that seems to present a lot of problems to the young phenom uh, Chimaev. When you look at it on paper, do you buy into the odds? Do you buy into that Gilbert Burns I, I, is that much of an underdog? I do. I do, DC. DC, really? I am. I'm like oh. Daniel Cormier for Khabib <laughs> Namorgamedov, baby. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, hey, how's that Chimaev, man? I just think the what we were able to see him do, and he was fighting during COVID, so you were so locked in, and he was taking fights on short notice. He was fighting at in different weight classes. He was he was getting 17-second knockouts. He was getting early submission. He's picking up dudes, walking them over to Dana White, and talking to the people on the side of the octagon. I think when you have a dude who dominates like that, and he finally gets his turn against a true world-class elite level contender you have to be excited about it but all i can remember is the dominance that we've seen i think this matchup stylistically is good for him gilbert burns is obviously the best fighter he's ever faced i'm not looking for the, the first round kill but i do believe he dominates again and we start talking about when is hamzat chemaev getting that title shot against kamaru Usman? you know what rc i don't know if i buy that it, it's that much of a favorite but I do favor him in the matchup because of his style and his size, right? Yeah. You could never mistake these two for being the same size, even though they fight in the same weight. Because Gilbert Burns used to fight 155. Hamza mm -hmm. Chimaev would never step on a scale at 155 pounds. He right. barely makes 170. I, honestly, RC, I talked to him last night. Uh, I spoke to him for my YouTube last night, and he believes he's going to wipe Gilbert Burns out. He does not think yeah, he it is even that. a competition. And some right. of the things he said about Kamaru Usman, dude is out of his mind. His confidence is next level, bro. But he also has an ability to implement all those things that he says so effectively that people have not been able to compete. There's confidence, RC. But mm -hmm. confidence rooted in technique, rooted yeah. in skill, rooted in ability makes you a dangerous, dangerous opponent for anyone inside the octagon. And I believe that that is what Hamza Chimaev is becoming. This dude has had four UFC fights, and he's been hit four times. I can't tell you, watching him take Lee Jingliang, the number 10 welterweight in the world, picking him up, walking him over to Dana, literally holding him, throwing him down, and then submitting him, it was, it was you, you know those moments where your jaw drops? You're like, that is how I felt me and Paul Felder watching yeah. him do that to a guy that it had that type of success in the UFC, Ryan. He's special, but I'm mm -hmm. telling you, Gilbert Burns is no joke. And if he ain't careful, he can get himself knocked out or 
submitted yeah. by Dorino. D- well, DC, you're, you're kind of talking about the size. What does Gilbert Burns have to do to bridge that gap in the size? Which could be, which could also be strength, right? It could also be an advantage in the grappling, in the ground game, in, in, in octagon control. What can mm-hmm. Gilbert Burns do stylistically since you talked about some of the things mm-hmm. that he has as positive attributes to negate some of the size difference? He's got to press, RC. Gilbert Burns has to press. From minute one, he has got to be pressing. He cannot allow Chamayev to, he can't allow him to intimidate him. The one thing that we have seen about Chamayev in a lot of these Russian fighters is th- they intimidate you a little bit. They're big. They don't speak much English. They look right. mean. They can wrestle. They can control you on the ground in ways that not many people can. So Gilbert mm-hmm. Burns has to take the center. He's got to press, and he's got to be the one trying to start the wrestling exchanges, because if he gets put on his back, it does not matter how great of a grappler you are. In fighting, with the punches, in the elbows, the top control of a wrestler, the top pressure of a wrestler, usually will kill the jiu-jitsu. So Gilbert Burns has got to be the one to dictate how the fight plays out, because if he's on his back foot, if he's on his heels, if he's laying on his back for an extended period of time, he is going to struggle. The problem with mm-hmm. the matchup is, though, as we saw with him versus Wonderboy, he was able to take him down and control him. Can he take down Hamza Chemaev and be the first person to make him wrestle from his back or make him wrestle from a position where he's uncomfortable? He's right. been he's fine the whole defense. time he's been in the UFC. Yeah, I think I think that's the huge thing is when is somebody going to put pressure on Hamza Chemaev because he's the one always applying pressure. He always seems to be in a position of dominance in every single fight until the fight is over. The thing is, that position of dominance hasn't really lasted that long because he puts guys out so quickly. And so we don't necessarily ever expect this thing to go 15 minutes, 25 minutes. But we do have a guy coming up here, and we're going to go one round with Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the champ, who doesn't mind 25 minutes of a fight, 25 minutes of a war, as long as his hand is raised. Let's give him a call. All right, guys. It's that time of the week. We go one round with somebody I would never want to go one round with this guy. We're with the champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. He joins us now from Jacksonville. Champ, how you doing? I'm doing real good, mate. How are you? I'm good, man. (laughs) You look lean. You look slim. You look ready to go. How you feeling a few days before the fight? Mate, I am pumped. I feel real good. Uh, Still still healthy now. Yeah, still got the energy, but uh, that might change over the next couple of days. So we've been doing a heap of filming. I'm about to do some cooking with Volk. Uh, straight after this, so uh, still got the energy, still feel good. Preparation was perfect, so uh, you know it's all going to plan. I love that. I love cooking with Volk. Hey, I yeah, love me that. Too. <laughs> I love it because it shows that opposite side of Alexander Volkanovsky, right? It shows that you could at some point be a two hundred and forty pound man. You know, right, people don't exactly. understand how you went from two forty down to one forty five, but when you're watching, yeah. you cook, you really have a passion for it, right? I do, mate. Well, that's it. I was 214 pounds, so I love food. So that's it. So I've always been cooking food uh, my my whole life, and I've always loved it. So uh, obviously, you could see I used to love the food. Uh, That's why I love cooking it. Yeah, I mean, so, so here's the thing, though, champ. We know you love food and you have a passion for that, but we absolutely know that you love to fight. And the Korean Zombie presents a lot of stylistic matchups that could be interesting for you in this fight this weekend. What is going to be your approach once you step into the octagon on Saturday? 
Yeah, man, this is uh, obviously a fun fight. You know, this is uh, going to be a, a crowd pleaser for sure, just with uh, Zombie Star, right? So he's uh, he's known the zombie for you know he's called Zombie for a reason. You know, he was he's the type of guy that he'll eat one and give one. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna try and like stand there and be ready. He's gonna counter like counter you coming in. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, but the only thing is, you know, obviously with my movement and, and uh, how I how I go about it. You know what I mean? It's I think I'm just going to be too much, you know. But in saying that, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm going to give him that respect. I know he's going to be dangerous, but I think, you know, I've got, I've got him figured out, uh, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm just going to have to show that, you know, show that I'm a level, levels, levels above. You know, I, mm. I, the, what's perfect about this fight is, um, again, his style, the way he fights, he's always going to be a dangerous opponent. No matter who he's in front of, you know, he's always going to be dangerous. But the beauty of it, I feel like my style my style of fighting uh, covers a lot of areas in this fight, uh, the way I fight, if that makes sense. So the, the freedom I'm going to have in this fight, you know, there's not going to be a real strategy-heavy type of uh, game plan, um, you know, if, in, in a sense, if you get there, you know, it's not like yeah. I'm going to be playing some sort of character to nullify this guy. I can really just do what I do. Be, be yourself, and yeah. It's, yes, I'm going to be myself. The freedom I'm going to have in there, which is going to be obviously very exciting and fun um, to watch, but I mean, very good for me. Yeah, but having the freedom uh, to do that, I'm going to be so uh, clear in there. And, you know, I'm going to find a lot of openings. I truly do believe that. And uh, that's why, uh, you know, I think I'm just going to be way too much, man. I really do see the finish. I've been saying it all week that, you know, every <laughs> time you fight, you're going to say that, right? You're going to say that to hype the fight up. You know, that's what people want to hear. That's why I'm going to, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to get the finish. But, um, you know, that's not the case here. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't care if it goes five rounds and it's just a whatever. I know it's going to be a good fight. It doesn't matter. But for me, I'll be disappointed if I don't go out there and finish him from where I'm at. And this is no disrespect to Zombie, but uh, stylistically, uh, where I'm at, I'm, uh, you know, I've never looked so good in the gym. You know, I'm, I'm at my absolute peak. I'm obviously going to be calculated. I'm not going to be silly. If the opportunities ain't right. there, I won't, I, I won't be silly. I won't take them. But I can guarantee you, well, I feel like the opportunity is going to be the opening is going to be there and I'm going to capitalize. You said that you don't mind if it goes 25 minutes. Obviously, you don't because you never yeah. seem to fatigue, right? Ryan and I have constantly praising you and saying, put yeah. some respect on Volkanovsky's name, right? You've beaten a who's who of people in this division. But when it came to opponent choice this time, right? Max Holloway's always lurking, but it ultimately ended mm-hmm. up being the zombie. What went into that? What went into that choice? Because as a former champion, I understand that you have input. Obviously, we don't make the decisions, but there is right. input whenever the fights are presented. What made the zombie the guy that you wanted to be in there with when you get to Jacksonville? Yeah, man, it's a uh, well, I'm a pretty easy uh, champ to understand. Obviously, with uh, the Max the max fight was uh, scheduled and then he got injured, which is uh, unfortunate. So we had to find a, a replacement. So, um, and you look down the line, right? Like who's uh, who, who's next in line? You know, you've got a lot of names that, are, that can come up. But then you've got guys like, obviously, Ortega's uh, the next in line. I just beat him. There's mm-hmm. no point. And then you've got Yair Rodriguez, who's after that, who's just coming off a loss, you know, when he's, he's, he was yeah. his only fight in like two years. Um, and things like that. So, and then the next guy is Zombie. So uh, it's pretty clear. Like I said, you look down the line. What makes the most sense? Um, and that, that's that. And then not only that, stylistically, it's a fun fight. Um, he's obviously a big name. Everyone loves watching him fight. So it ticked a lot of boxes. And the type of guy I am, I'm going to go whoever's next in line. And I feel like that made the most sense 
Um, and that's it. I think it was a pretty easy choice. Um, you know, a lot of people are pumped up for this and hyped up. So I think it definitely was the right choice. And I can't wait to go out there and entertain and put on a show. Well, champ, you're talking about entertaining and putting on a show. You and Brian Ortega might have had oh, the round <laughs> of the year. So you got the Korean zombie. You say he's a guy that's going to take a punch to give a punch. How do you set out to maybe even top that round that you had with Brian Ortega, knowing you have an exciting guy like Korean zombie? But even in that, if you get too loose, he's also a dude that could put your lights up. Oh, 100%. So when I say I want to go out there and entertain, I just know how this fight's going to turn out. So, you know, I just believe uh, stylistically, that's just, it's a no-brainer. This is how that fight's going to be. Am I going out there to try and top the last fight? No, I'm not going to go out there and, and risk <laughs> things and be silly. And, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to be calculated right. the whole time. But the beauty of it is, stylistically, and the way this fight will turn out, how I believe, it is going to be a very, and it does have potential to top the last one. You know, am I going out there to try and top it just to please everyone? No, I'm not going to be silly. I'm not going to risk everything just for that. But this fight definitely has the potential to do that purely because of the style, stylistic of this fight and his style and my style and, and what I plan to bring to the table. Jim, I got, I got to go off topic here a little bit. You know, as you talk about the last fight, I got to know. I, I really just got to know. Like, how tight was it? Like, how tight was it? <laughs> I, know, right? like, I, want, I got to know how tight it was because it looked tight. Mate, it was uh, it was deep. It was uh, doesn't get any deeper than that. They, we, obviously, I don't know if you've seen the countdown, but they end up showing like, you know, they they did like it was like a movie scene. They're talking about the fight and how deep it was. It had me swimming deep down uh, underwater and all that. Like, mate, it's it was actually a good scene. But that's sort of how it was. It was. I remember oh. being in that and the lights were dimming. The lights started to like, shut. The lights started no to way. Did they start to dim? Did the lights start to it dim? Was like starting start to dim, and I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> straight away i didn't really realize where i was i was like oh oh shit he's got me and then um and then i'm like doing what i could and then the lights started to dim i'm like oh man this can't be it there's no way to take it out <laughs> for my family you know what i mean like uh, literally i was thinking of the family i'm like this can't be it this can't be it so i'm like pushing on the hips doing everything i can pushing on the hand um and being real stubborn i made just enough uh, space and i knew that you know, once I made that little bit of space and, you know, the lights obviously weren't dimming anymore, yeah, I, could go, yeah. I guarantee you his arms are going to gas out before I go out. So yeah, uh, that's exactly what happened. I go, once I get up, I'm going to make you pay. And that's it, exactly what I did. That's exactly what you did. It's yeah. in that moment, RC, that you're starting to go out and then there's just a little bit of space where things start, the fog starts to lift <laughs> and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to survive this. And it felt like that's what happened. But then we go to Saturday, right? We go to mm -hmm. Jacksonville. You have this fight with the zombie. You go out there and you dominate him in the way that, I mean, you say you will. The odds say you will. So many people in the know feel like Alexander Volkanovsky is that next level. You've won so many fights in a row. Next would probably be Max Holloway. Is there a party, you know, that kind of gets a little bit tired of Brandon Moreno and them are dealing with the two, where there are two guys that kind of stand atop the division yeah. so far that they ultimately just keep fighting and fighting and fighting especially after you've won the first two fights. Yeah, man, look, it's uh, it's just how, how it is, you know what I mean? And and he was doing the right things, let's be real. He was going out there and fighting the guys to make sure he stayed and grabbed that number one spot. And there's other guys in our division that aren't doing that. So that's mm -hmm. why he was going to get that trilogy. Uh, obviously, he got injured, which was unfortunate. But, I mean, again, you, you look after this fight. If there's no one else, you're going to go with whatever's the biggest fight and whoever deserves it. 
and uh, that's going to that's going to be Max. So again, you know, we don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see if the division's doing whatever it's doing. But I think uh, obviously that fight was meant to happen now, and I'm sure the UFC are going to want to reschedule it. I'm sure yeah. we're both going to get paid good money mm-hmm. for it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But again, that's what I want to make these decisions for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I'll be honest. I wanted that trilogy just to shut up the haters. And do all this, you know what I mean? I get, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. That's that's what it was all about. Right now, if I want that trilogy, it's because the money's good. It's because the pay per views are going to be good. It's because everyone wants to see it. It's because mm-hmm. he's the next in line. You know, all the, I want to make that decision for the right reasons. And right now, it still looks that way because he's done his part to stay on the top there. Obviously, uh, a lot of people are still screaming his name. So if that fight happens, it's because he deserves it, and then and, and that's it. Not because I want to shut up. Uh, the haters and all this type of stuff and all that, which was making me, uh, which was running a, a lot of me for for a while. But that that's changed. It's, I'm all about me, and I'm going to make the decisions for the right reasons. Right now, that does seem to be what will be next. But I have got Zombie to worry about. I'm going to give him that respect. He's got my full focus. Um, I expect to go out there and do my thing and get my hand raised, and, and we'll see what's next. And I want three fights this year, so I'm uh, looking forward to staying mm-hmm. active and and doing my thing. Hey, Vogue, I got two fights for you right now. That's exactly where I was going. You talked about haters. I got some of the biggest haters that have been lining up <laughs> to make sure they say your name. I mean, you could fight Triple C. I mean, even <laughs> Connor is talking about you. You a real life star. When dudes like that bring your name up without you bringing up their name, that means they're focused on you. How do you feel about dudes like Triple C and Connor coming at you? Oh, well, that's it. That's that's what I mean by you've got to see 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 where we're at. Obviously, I'm the type of guy. The guy I am, I've said that before. I want the next best guy. and I don't want to hold up divisions and things like that. That's something I don't want to do. But if there's no one next in line, there's no one going out there trying to take that number one spot. We've got people that are, aren't in that number one spot crying for, 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 uh, you know, for a title fight. You know, when they haven't earned it yet, they're sitting back hoping they get a title shot given to them. That's not how it is. Don't earn it. You'll get it. Champ, obviously, before we let you go, you're a really well-thought guy. You, you're, you're, you're smart. You can mm-hmm. uh, talk and, and kind of give out your points in a great way. So I just want to ask you a little bit about the state of the fight world today, right? The, 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 the thing with uh, Chimaev as he starts to ascend, calling out Izzy, calling out Usman, uh, the Masvidal-Covington situation. What are you thinking about the state of the game right now as you are in it at the top of it, just watching all this happen around you? What do you feel about the state of MMA? Oh, man, look, it's you gotta, you got to love it. Like uh, I love it all. You know what I mean? Obviously, you're going to have people that are doing their own thing. You've got people with their gimmicks and like uh, you've got all this, this hype happening and all that type of stuff. Uh, man, look, it's... It's obviously working as well, so you know I'm I'm pretty happy with it with where it is. Like again, I'm me. I'm going to be a little bit different because I'm the type of yeah. You know, I've always got that competitor in me, like you when you're you're wrestling. You're like everyone that's into sports. You work your way up the chain and all this. You do things probably. You know, it's it's just how it's meant to be. And I'm I'm just built like that. But again, that's why that's going to always be at the front of the line for me. I mean, people jumping in, taking their title shots. Look. If the timing's right, then then I agree with it. You know what I mean? What but about the, the street you know, fight, champ? That's, that's how champ, it what is, about right? the street fight, champ? What about the street oh, okay, fight, champ? Okay, so that's where you're going with that one. Yeah, what about oh, the street fight, champ? Talk to us. Okay, well, man, look, sometimes uh, people need to be put in line, but at the same time, you know, you, you know, obviously Masvidal had his uh, chance to do it, and 
Um, you know, obviously it, it, it didn't happen for him. But, man, when you start bringing up stuff again, a part of your gimmick, there are going to be uh, repercussions. There are going to be things that are going to happen, especially when you're, you're messing and you're getting people really emotional just to get in their head. Things might happen. So you should expect that in, in a sense. Do I think it's right? No. But uh, for Colby to, to be upset about it and ex- not expect it is just silly. You want to you do that sort of stuff? I'd be ready to get punched in the face uh, for <laughs> yeah. it. So, uh, again, people real. start bringing up my kids and all that. Put it this way. Colby started that sort of stuff. I don't care if I'm a feather. I'll be putting one on his chin too. But mm-hmm. uh, that's, just, that's just how I, I look at it as well. But at the same time, you need to be careful because uh, we are mixed martial artists. Uh, you know, you know. I, I, it was uh, a little bit behind. You know, you thought maybe they would be over it. And, and it was a different situation, but... Hey, what will you say back home? I don't know if well, I'm better. I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but you know, get shot, talk, shit, get hit. That's something that we used to say back home. <laughs> Champ, thank you so much for joining us, man. Good luck this weekend. Continue to be so uniquely you, man, and so yeah. special inside that octagon. We enjoy every single moment of it. Have fun out in Jacksonville. No worries, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Good luck, brother. That is only one of the title fights this weekend. We also got yeah. the rematch between Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling, a guy in Jan that many believe is the rightful ruler of the division. And Aljamain Sterling is another guy that really does deserve more respect for the work that he has put on paper. When you look at this matchup, how excited are you about it? Because this is such a massive card. And there are a number of people that, while they appreciate the matchup, they're very excited about Zombie and Volkanovski. They're very excited about Chemayev Burns. So yeah. it's underappreciated a tad bit, even though it's the main event. But don't you think a, a little bit of that, DC, is that we feel like we kind of saw it, you know, and, yeah. and you and you almost and you almost and you almost feel like we know who the rightful winner is. And now as by by by, by the rules and the regulations mm-hmm. of the UFC, yep. Aljermaine Sterling is the, the rightful champ. champion. 100 percent Anybody who expected him to continue after taking a knee like that, an illegal knee, while he was down, is absolutely out of his mind. You mentioned lights going out and lights going dim and some of these things. I don't remember, D.C., because when my lights went out in football, they yeah. went out like that. Then you just woke up. So I never saw him go dim. it's kind of similar, though, champ. I promise you, it's yeah. actually kind of similar. It's yeah. just a little bit like more like uh, it just kind of like lasts a little longer, right? Like you start okay. to go, and then all of a sudden you're gone. But then you wake right. up. And you kind of feel like you took a nap. Did you, did you <laughs> yeah. feel like you took a nap? Yeah, I did. What is like, that? I, like, well, why does it feel like hey, you took a nap when you see, got, I would, like, knocked off? Like, I would wake up and the trainer would be sitting <laughs> over me. I'd be like, what you standing over me for, bro? <laughs> like, go ahead about your business. You know what it's I mean? It's so, crazy, dog. It's crazy. And so, like, that's that's kind of... I think we feel like we've seen it. And then, obviously, uh, you know, we see Piotr Jan dominate Corey Sanhagen in his last fight. But I think people also forget that Aljo submitted him before. Yep, that was yep, the way he yep. got an opportunity Ass. to fight Piotr Jan. And so, you know, Aljamain Sterling is definitely uh, going to be a huge challenge for Piotr Jan. I think what excites me about it is like the first fight wasn't necessarily like visceral, right? Like yeah. you couldn't really feel the energy. It felt like two mixed martial artists going out to do their job. This is different. Like yep. these dudes are coming out to fight. But when you look at this fight, DC, and think to yourself, okay, Aljamain Sterling is the champion, but we did see Piotr Jan start to dominate a little bit. Mm-hmm. What can Aljo do a little differently so we don't, we're not in the same place he was right before he took the illegal knee? 
so you see, that's what I was kind of thinking about when you said we've seen it, right? But I think in seeing Piorian before, you have a better chance to fight him again. Okay. Why? Because he starts a bit slow, always. Because the dude's like a computer, man. He's processing everything. Even Corey Sanhagen ran out ahead of him. But then as mm -hmm. the fight went on, he got dominated. Aljo might have won the first round because he was so active. He put so much out there and just kind of tried to overwhelm him. But then as the fight went on, Piotr started to kind of... But now he understands. You know, I was talking to Aljamain about this the other day. And I told him, we as challengers to the title... You get in these matches with these guys. And it, it happened to me when I fought Jones the first time. All you've done is win. And all you've done is use your cardio to really overwhelm these guys. Aljo did the same thing. Take people down, dominate them with the skill and his, his pressure. Not knowing that if those guys survive that pressure, they can go just as long as you, if not harder. I think yeah. now Aljo understands, instead of throwing 10 takedown attempts at Peter Jan in round number one, Maybe you shoot five. Maybe mm -hmm. you shoot three. Maybe you put a, keep a little bit more in the gas tank, knowing that in round three, four, five, dude has now uh, calculated. He's computed all of his information, and now he's ready to start applying it to the fight because that's what Piotr Jan does, and that's why you got to approach him differently. So I think we need to look for a more patient Aljamain Sterling this weekend, a little more uh, within himself because even in the first fight, he didn't really look like himself. He was rushing. He was rushing a lot because he figured he'd be able to overwhelm him. That's not going to happen. You got to really play the game with Piorian because I truly believe there's no one in MMA that boxes better. There's no one yeah. that processes information inside the octagon better and can truly stay like, dude, everything's moving 100 miles a minute, like in football, right? Mm -hmm. But this dude seems to have it all like just slow down. It's on pause and he's like pressing that little forward button to move and make the action happen. He does not miss anything. He's one of the smartest guys uh, inside the octagon. And him and uh, Volkanovski on the same card, two of the smartest IQ fighters we have in the entire UFC fighting on Saturday night. I was going to bring that up to you too, DC, and that kind of ask that question. We see so many times, and, and we've started to, on our show, make sure, sure that Alexander Volkanovsky gets his flowers, mm -hmm. right? You talk about the winning streak. You talk about this guy's overall record, the type of work he had to put in to become the champ at 145. And you see all of these things, and he's almost underappreciated or, or undervalued or disrespected in a way. I kind of feel the same way about Piotr Jan because you don't get all the extra stuff. These are dudes who are going to stay in the pocket, who are going to continue to be them. And eventually they overwhelm you, even if they don't start off necessarily as fast or you don't find them as exciting as some other fighters. When you go back and watch their fights, they're really dominant. And so yes. when you think about these two dudes on the same card, it's extremely exciting. But do you compare them a little bit to the fact that and say that, you know what, maybe they're both disrespected in how good they are and when you look at the pound for pound the pound for pound list when it comes to the ufc where do you rank Piotr jan and you know actually alexander volkanovsky i think they're both right along right at the top they're two mm -hmm. of the most skilled fighters in the world now the reason it it seems as though they don't get the recognition rc is because they they take their time like mm -hmm. Piotr jan will beat you with 
low kicks. It'll be going to the body. Dude, when he fought your boy Jose Aldo for the title the first Man. time, it felt like the fight was close, but it never really wasn't. Because right. by round four, Jose could barely stand because he had taken so many little short shots and close, and he had taken so many damaging strikes that are to the blind eye, don't seem to land, that he could barely stand up. And, and, and mercifully, the referee stopped it in round number five. But mm -hmm. that is what he does to people. Even Corey Sanhagen last time. Sanhagen yeah. started off and fought his absolute best fight. Absolutely. So when we go back and watch that, RC. We won't feel necessarily it was a close fight because by the end of it, Sanhagen's body language, Sanhagen's cardio was starting to fail him, and Piotr was doing the same thing. He's stoic. He, he follows the game plan to a T. He has tremendous boxing, tremendous wrestling, and everything else. And I believe the same goes for Alexander Volkanovsky. Even in those matches with Max Holloway, where it seemed like it's give and take, it can go either way. He never seemed like he wasn't sure he had done enough because he understands in those interactions, in those in-close battles, he's doing enough to win in the judges' scorecards. They're special. They're very, very special, but they aren't Conor McGregor. They're not going to hit you with one punch that knocks you out. They're right. not Israel Adesanya that's going to do what he did to uh, Paulo Costa. He had a face down on his, you know, had Paulo Costa. <laughs> yeah, Doing the hump do dance. <laughs> they're not Francis, right? But you got to right. appreciate the work that they do in order to get to where they're going every single time. Yeah, I think I think those dudes are amazing. And sometimes to the, the blind eye or to the fan eye, they're actually so dominant but it's in it's in such a methodical fashion. Yep. I think you kind of mentioned yep. early being a cyborg, right? When you watch when you watch Piotr Jan fight, it's like he's a cyborg, and somebody programmed him before the fight destroy. And there's nothing yes. that could stop him from getting to that point of destroying his opponent. And so now, while we're doing this, what we need to get to now, DC, is our top fights of UFC 273 because this yep. card though there is you know two championship belts on the line there're going to be a lot of people who are more excited about watching Kamzat Chimaev fight yep. Gilbert Burns than they are watching Piotr Jan fight Aljo Aljamain Sterling so if you had to rank these dudes or rank these fights where would you put them all right so I'm pulling it up right now like here's the here's the problem RC we about to go and do exactly what we just talked about, right? Talking about how people disrespect these guys, even though they're yep. champions, because of the way that they fight. So when I look at the card, right, I'm looking at it here. I'm going to tell you right now, the fifth fight for me, when I get into the fight card, I'm going to probably go, no lie, uh, I'm going to go Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Marcin Tabur. Why? Yeah. Because this is a prelim fight, RC, but... You have two big-time strikers, guys with massive power, and guys that have shown an ability to truly put people out. Then yep. I'm going to do Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres because we have to understand that even though Tisha Torres is now fighting better, can she handle a specialist like Mackenzie Dern, a person that's going to go out there and put her in positions where she's going to really have to uh, be careful to not find herself in a submission McKenzie being the most active and the most successful submission artist in UFC uh, strawweight history. Third, honestly, I'm going to go with Aljamain Sterling. No, 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 sorry. Third, I'm going to go with Volkanovski versus Zombie. Because while third? It, it, Three, DC? Third, I, I promise you, bro. Third, because while it is an exciting fight, right, it'll be a fun fight. 
it isn't a fight that seems to have a lot of the questions surrounding it because it seems pretty clear. Unless Henry Cejudo and crew have done something to truly elevate the zombie, you wouldn't see him as a guy that's going to beat Alexander Volkanovsky. Right. So I feel like the result in that one isn't as much up for grabs, no disrespect to the Korean zombie. Then my second card from the top, I'm going to do Sterling Yan too. Because like okay. you said, great fight, fun fight. Interested to see the uh, adjustments that Team Sterling has made to give themselves a better chance. But again, you look at the odds, crazy. Now, my top fight is going to be Hamza Chimaya versus Gilbert Burns. But again, RC, I'm about the story. I'm that guy that loves the story. Now, this doesn't seem on paper to be as competitive, but here's the deal, RC. We got some questions that we are going to have to yeah. answer about Hamza because yes. he has not been in there with anyone like this. He's never been in there with anyone like Gilbert Burns. He hasn't been in there with a guy that has fought for the championship and beaten former champions like Gilbert Burns has. That why, for me, it's my number one fight because I think if Hamzad gets through this, boy, <laughs> welterweight will get very interested if Hamzad does to Gilbert RC what he did yeah. to Lee Jingliang and everybody else that he's fought. Let me have your five. So I'm so at number five, I'm going Dern and Torres. My okay. big thing on Mackenzie Dern is that she's coming off of a loss. Yep. And as, as dominant as she's been, in her career, and obviously she has amazing jiu-jitsu, there's yep. still some more things that she has to get from an all-around game. Yes. And Tisha Torres is fighting better, and obviously we don't really necessarily see them on the same level, but yep. we now know, even at 11-2, and two, that Mackenzie Dern can be had, and I think she understood that too. So what's different about her coming out of this training camp? And my number yep. four fight is going to be Ian Gary and Darren Weeks, and it's oh, all about yeah, Ian yeah, Gary. Yeah, you like right? that to guy, me, to, to me, yeah, to me, it's all about Ian Gary because we want to see if he truly can take that next step, if he truly can be that next star with the followers. RC, what, you bro? always do it. RC, you always drink the Kool-Aid. Every time one of these foreigners come with the accent and they knock somebody out, you fall in love because now you love Patty the Batty. You fell in love with Conor <laughs> McGregor, and now you're doing the same thing with Ian Gary. I see that. I can tell every time you start talking about these dudes, every time you drink no. the Kool-Aid, man. Yeah? I'm not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, DC, but we are constantly looking for stars. Yep. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, I got an opportunity to talk to Dana and one of the, Dana, and one of the things was for me was like, look at the champions, right? If you, if you go through the champions, the champions are Davidson Figueroa, the champions are Alexander Volkanovsky, yep. uh, Kamaru Uzman, they're... Um, Easy, uh, right? Then you Over. go Glover Teixeira, yeah. you know, Francis, Francis Ngannou. Where are the American champions? Yeah, but Kamaru Usman is American. Listen, I get it. I get it. We keep it Kamaru. We are going to keep it Kamaru Usman graduated from an American college. He grew up in the American state of Texas. I'm keeping Kamaru Usman. Look, I understand he's born Nigerian, but I'm keeping Kamaru, man. I'm sorry. We <laughs> All right. So at number three, unlike you, because we know anything that's uh, anything Islam Makachev or Hamzat <laughs> Chimaev is number one to you. That fight oh. to me with Gilbert Burns is three because because really? we're, we're saying we have a lot of answers to get. But do we, D.C.? Like, do we really have a lot of answers to get? Like, you know what the dude is going to come out and do? He's going to smash like he always wait, says. Wait, He's going to come wait, out. Wait, wait. You're doing it again. You're doing it again. This is why Juliana Pena, 
She was on the pivot. But this is why Juliana Pena was after you, because you do this every time. Now you're about to say Gilbert Burns is going to get beat up by Hamza Jamal. You keep doing this, man. You keep doing this. <laughs> One, they can't fight me. I'm just giving my opinion, bro. <laughs> and number two, at number two, I'm going to go with Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean zombie. For what he's for what Alexander said, though, for what Volk said, the excitement that this fight could bring. And at number one, Piotr Jan and Alderman Sterling, because it's a grudge match, right? Because yeah. it's something to settle. Like the way that these dudes look at each other, there's respect, but there ain't respect, right? Mm -hmm. It's now reached the point that, like, if I see you in the street, not the Kobe Masvidal type, but it's yeah, on yeah. site. Like we got yeah. like Ike Taylor, who went to he went to ULL. Uh, yep. He went to Aberson for high school, played with me, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had yep. this saying that I love. And he talked about like when a guy would do something dirty to him on the field, he's like, nah, I'm going to fight him in the offseason. I'd be <laughs> like, Ike, you can't fight that dude. That's and he'd be like, RC, eye contact gets you instant beef. And that's the way I feel like it is between uh, Piotr Jan and Aljermaine Sterling. And that's why I love it. You know, Ryan, what's crazy is Aljermaine finally seems angry. Right. Yes. It seemed like there were missteps when he first won the belt. Right. Like uh, and we all judged him. Right. He had the party with his family. He ultimately came and answered why all that was such. And honestly, I, I became a little more uh, soft to what he was saying, because why wouldn't he take a picture with his family after what he went through? He didn't do anything wrong to not be considered the champion. So he feels like he finally gets an opportunity to right the wrong of what he is uh what happened in fight number one between him and Peorian. But guys, there's always people out in the world that mixed martial arts Ryan looking to jumpstart, looking to fix something. A couple guys that are looking to fix things are John Jones and Conor mm -hmm. McGregor. Right? So Jones tweeted that he will be in prime physical condition by July and ready to go. As we know, the champion Francis Ngannou is injured, just had surgery. So an interim title looks likely if John Jones is ready. Second, Conor McGregor is now posting training footage. Him and Henry Cejudo are constantly fighting about his technique, about his skills. Henry, don't talk to this dude about boxing. He's a better boxer than Henry Cejudo, even though Henry Cejudo is a fantastic boxer. But the question is, as a person that loves the fight game, a person that experienced International Fight Week last week in July from Vegas, should it be John Jones or Conor McGregor that is at the top of the marquee when we Hell get to July? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes, DC. DC, Ooh. you mean you mean to Ooh. tell it's oh it, Perry get to pick one? John Jones. Get, John what Jones. do you mean? That's John when Jones. you think it should debut. That's when you I, think it should make his heavyweight debut. I absolutely could you imagine, DC? Could you imagine John Jones with everything that's going on in the span of time since he's fought with the heavyweight division? Even with Francis up at the top feeling like, you know what? We still don't know. Francis has the knee surgery. Cyril Gan got dominated on the ground by Francis and Ganu, Ganu, who never dominates anybody on the ground. We, we've seen Derek Lewis get knocked out in his hometown. Uh, mm -hmm. Tom Aspinall is showing out across the pond. W do you not want to see John Jones who, though, make Ryan? his debut who? that week? Against who, Ryan? Against who? Stipe Miocic. What are you I'm saying? You, that's the fight. That's the fight. That's, that's the, the fight, only fight. See? For me, that's the only fight. If they're going to make an interim title, give it to Miocic. Listen, who actually texted me? <laughs> Ryan, I'm, at, I'm in Ohio for the fight. I'm in the octagon about to uh, interview 
Curtis Blades, and I look back, and Miocic is there, and I kind of give him the thumbs up. He texts me, goes, God, I hate you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? Because Steve and I never truly had real bad blood. Right. It was just right. about us fighting. But John Jones, Stephen Miocic, International Fight Weekend in July, that's the one. I'm tuning in. I'm tap we ain't at we ain't at tap in yet, but I'm tapping into that fight. <laughs> if those two fight in July, because I think stylistically it's a fun fight, interesting fight, and I believe you can attach a championship to it, something you can't do if Conor McGregor comes back because of the last few fights he had with Dustin Poirier, right? But DC though, if when Conor does come back, if it's not if it's not for a championship belt, what is his matchup or who is his matchup? There's only one option. There's only one option if Connor comes back and he wants to fight in July. It has to be Nate Diaz for the third fight. I think that nothing else really makes sense in regards to what Connor will do. Just because the first two fights were so good, they were so fun, they were so evenly matched, right? That I believe that at some point we got to get some finality to that rivalry. And once we're done with that, then Connor can move forward with his career, and so can Big Nate. But outside of that, I don't know because, like I said, you can't give Connor a title fight, which interestingly, Ryan, has become something that's being thrown around more and more. The Connor McGregor yeah. rules are so different to everybody else. The Connor McGregor rules are kind of like the Jordan rules that the Detroit Dude. Pistons had, though, bro. You remember, like, you remember, they, ARC, you remember that uh, Mike was like, hey, man, that was a foul. The ref was like, yeah. you think that was a foul, Mike? <laughs> Mike's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought like, it was a foul. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and so, and so, like, that's the, like, and so, like, that's the thing that I, I find that's, that's, that, that's large here with Connor McGregor is that even if we don't necessarily feel like he deserves it, even if fighters in the UFC, feel like they're being passed over. They just got to realize that game, recognize his game, bro. And that when Conor McGregor shows up to the arena, so do the people. It's so the people show up to the pay-per-view. And I think he has etched, etched such a lasting impression in our minds, much like Mike Tyson did or a young mm. Mike Tyson did, that you will always tune in just to see if you can find a piece of that again, right? Just to, just to be like, oh, he's close to what it is. And mm. listen, when Conor McGregor isn't fighting somebody that's making him tap out, he's a freaking dog on his feet. So I'm yeah. excited to see that. But speaking of that, speaking mm. of tapping out, DC, yep, 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 yep. it's, it's time. time. It's time, time for okay. tap in, okay. tap out. You know what I'm saying? Is Corporate Jake here? Oh, I'm here. Oh, there you go. I'm here. All right, guys. Jake sound like you're in a closet somewhere. Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. While we were off last week, a fight between Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira has been rumored for July, said International Fight Week. This would be a massive step up in competition for Pereira after only a few UFC bouts. So, DC, I can already see it. Tap in or tap out on Strickland versus Pereira. I'm in, bro. Because guess what? I, cool, I don't like to admit it, but I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought that at some point the UFC would give him a wrestler to ensure that this guy was ready to make his way to the top of the division. Don't seem that way no more. They're going to stick him in there with another striker who is in the top five. And honestly, when you look at the matchup, Pereira versus Strickland, a guy that isn't known for wrestling, it seems as though Pereira's on the fast track to Israel Adesanya. Yeah. As, as he starts talking about lapping the division, he just beat Rob Whitaker for a second time. I'm in. Because if Pereira can go out there and fight Strickland, and Strickland is brave enough, which Sean Strickland seems to be plenty brave, if he's brave enough to stand with Pereira, I mean, he wins, it looks great, because now he just beat the guy that beat Izzy. 
Like if Pereira can knock him out or starch him, could you imagine the hype between him and Izzy in a third fight this time in MMA? I'm all the way in. So I'm, I'm tapping in for sure. If you look at Alex Pereira's last fight, Silva gave him all that he wanted, right? That he had to dig down, he had to dig down deep and find things in that third round that allowed him to win that fight. And we know that Sean Strickland is a guy that's going to continue to come forward the entire night. But I agree with you, with, with you, DC. This almost seems like the alley oop. This almost yep. seems like like the setup to be able to say. After Cannoneer Israel Adesanya, you're like, oh, well, you fought Robert Whitaker already and you fought this guy already. I guess you got to fight Alex Pereira. It seems at- like they're trying to get it to be mm-hmm. there right there on the cusp that it has to happen. Because I think what it is, is if he loses to a wrestler, D.C., like you said, you wanted to see him go through. If he loses to that wrestler, the immediately gone. the intrigue is gone. Yep. The intrigue has gone. You know what I, you know what also, RC, when you look at the division, hey, Robert Whitaker is also fighting Marvin Vittori. So that eliminates Vittori from getting a, if he loses, that eliminates Vittori from getting a second match. Now you're, wouldn't that be Vittori's third match? That'd be Vittori's third match. Yeah, Vittori. Yeah. So now it's like you got two guys that Izzy has beaten twice fighting. So it eliminates one completely from contention while the other starts going back in the right direction. But, doesn't necessarily earn another title fight. So what do you have? You'll have Sean Strickland right now with his win streak probably should be next after Jared Cannonier. but they're going to make him cross one more hurdle. But if Pereira beats him, now all of a sudden you got the guy that has the backstory. It absolutely works. And I'm all the way in corporate Jake. All right, guys, Kai Kara France recently moved up to number two in the flyweight division following his win over Askar Askarov. He called for a title shot and the champ Figueredo seemed up for it. However, it is rumored that Figgy versus Moreno 4 will take place next. RC, tap in or tap out that Figueredo should defend his title against Kaikar of France before a fourth matchup with Moreno. I tap in. I tap in on this. Uh, and I tap on, in on this because we've already seen three with Brandon Moreno. I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's any doubt that we believe that they're the two best at their weight class. But if you put Kaikar of France in that either... He beats Davidson Figueredo, and there's a rematch with those guys. Or if Davidson Figueredo wins, now we know without beyond a shadow of a doubt, he has to fight Brandon Moreno again. Or maybe this gives Brandon Moreno an opportunity to fight someone else and show his dominance as well, which builds more excitement for us to see them, both of those men, fight again. We both know whenever they fight, it's an absolute barn burner, and we love to see it. But I still feel like at some point, not only do, do those two men need a break from one another, but I believe the UFC does as well. Much like we got to watch Max Holloway, as Volk mentioned earlier, continue to stay at the top of the list because of the people he went out and fight. Going out and fight, fighting Calvin Qatar, going out and fighting Yair Ir Rodriguez and dominating, said, you know what? Max is up next. Max has earned his right to be here. I believe a break for these guys shows us again that these two dudes deserve to fight again. For the, for, uh, for, the, for the belt. You know, the change in interactions is really good to not see them go again. But it you also run the risk of Brandon Moreno not doing what uh, he has done on this latest run because we have seen him lose before, right? We've seen Brandon Moreno lose to Pantoja. So there are guys in the division that seem to be able to compete with them. So there's some dangers in mixing him up there with other guys, especially when you know 
that him and Davis and Figueredo is guaranteed to deliver. So mm -hmm. I'm actually going to say let him fight again because wow. I love Kai Car France. I love Kai Car France. I love what he has done, and I love him in the position as the number one contender. But I just think that the risk of putting Moreno out there with someone else is too great of losing that fourth fight. So I'm kind of tapping in, even though I do get a little bit tired of seeing the same two guys fighting. But uh, I wouldn't mind watching that one again because there was some questions as to how that one ended out in Los Angeles. All right, guys, one more. Over the weekend, WrestleMania 38 took place at Jerry World down in Dallas. Conor McGregor, however, took to Twitter asking, why wasn't I at WrestleMania? Answering, they all fear me. That's why. In DC, <laughs> tap in or tap out. McGregor should be a part of WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles next year. Tap in or tap out. Conor should be involved. Look, the WWE has long done a really good job of incorporating big-time stars into their product, especially on the grandest night of all, the grandest stage of all, WrestleMania. So, yes, with that being said, yes. If Conor McGregor has a desire to be involved in the WWE, do it. He's a massive star. Look, when Conor McGregor went to the Cowboys game and Jerry Jones is on the field with him walking around, showing him the stadium, yeah. he's a big deal. Not everybody gets that. So, yes, if the WWE wants to elevate the program again, the WWE wants to raise the, the, the stakes, take Conor McGregor, put him in the show somehow. And it also is or would be good for Conor to do something that doesn't really put him at risk of uh, winning and losing again. You just go out and do what you do in the WWE. So, yes, I'm all in. Yeah, I tap in on this. The WWE is a place for stars, and it's a place that has built stars. But what they've done recently is find people who are star stars in other arenas and arenas and integrate them yep. into the WWE. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was down there this week, man, this weekend for uh, WrestleMania. I didn't actually go. I was in the city doing some work and it's crazy, it's crazy bro. right? It's nuts. I mean, it's just nuts, bro. like there are like adult grown men walking <laughs> around with like fake championship belts, bro. Like it was, it was like nothing I had ever seen. And I'm going to be honest to you with y'all, bro. Like, I met Ric Flair. And oh my Ric, Flair, Ric, Ric Flair is 73 right now, bro. And I felt like I was a 10-year-old kid watching wow. him on TBS. I'm going to be honest. And wow. I got Ric Flair's number because Ric Flair is my friend now. I'm going to text Ric Flair <laughs> more than I text Daniel Cormier. I'm letting you know. And so Conor McGregor fits right in there with stars like that, man. So I have tapped all the way in on McGregor and WWE. I mean, it's the next step. RC, you, meant, you mentioned Conor McGregor, Ric Flair. Everything started with Ric Flair. The way Conor yes. dresses, the strut, the way everybody, the way everybody does it. It kind of all started yep. with Ric Flair. Like the impact that he had on the culture on is it's it's actually phenomenal to see him at 68, 70 on a uh, video with the Migos because he yes. has just made that yeah. much of an impact outside of the wrestling world. But Ryan, they had when when it was in the Bay Area. Bro, we went to the host hotel to get our tickets. Man, mm -hmm. it was outside the hotel. They had a barrier because people yeah. were trying to get into the hotel to see these wrestlers. They're massive superstars. And for two nights a year, RC, everybody pays attention to the mm -hmm. WWE again. Because yep. I don't watch it all year. But during the WrestleMania? year... WrestleMania? Oh, I, I tune in every single time. Every single every time. Every single time. Well, listen, bro. I think that was it. 
Wait, wait. I think you see that's the thing, Ryan. That's the thing. Like you know, we we sometimes we like, oh, I I, I think we're done. Time goes fast. Hey, hey, it goes hey. fast when you're having fun, dog. Hey, it's a great time, man. Listen, we had to get back. We had to get another opportunity to sit with each other and chop it up with two seventy three come uh, ahead of us. Uh, WWE behind us, uh, WrestleMania. But mm -hmm. all I want to say is this. When we sit down next Tuesday, I think we're going to be able to say that we had the best card at the beginning of 2022 so far. I think this card yep. is going to be explosive. I think we'll see knockouts. I think we'll see submissions. And all I want to know, DC, is does an underdog win? Uh, I don't know, man. You see, you caught me in a bit of a weird circumstance because I can actually pick this week because I'm not calling the fights. My son has a national wrestling tournament. I opted to go with my kid opposed to going to the fights. You know, obviously, you know, Ryan, as we work, we have to make choices at times uh, to choose our family, given those opportunities. So I can pick. If there is an underdog that has the best chance, I would say it's Aljamain Sterling. Um, mm. Would I give him a great chance? I don't know for certain. But if there's an underdog in those three, that has the greatest chance to win the fight. I believe it's Aljo because Aljo's mad now. He's angry. He he wants to go and prove. When you carry a chip on your shoulder, it can propel you to do great things. So if there's one, that's that. But RC, before we go, my friend, every Tuesday we'll be right back here doing DC and RC. But look, you are doing some tremendous work with the pivot, man. You guys are killing it. I did. I had no idea you were that good an interviewer. I mean, this my boy can interview. My boy can really, really interview. Man, good job. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you. I got a lot of practice because I learned on this show quickly that I don't have any of the answers. So I basically turn in to interviewing you, DC, man. Y'all tune in next week, week to see if there is an underdog that can win. I'm RC. That is DC. But this is DC and RC. We'll see y'all on Tuesday. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.